Hey, and welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 17. I'm Graham. I'm here with Luke, Richie, and Cody. And today we're going to talk about uh, what makes a good tow rig. You know, for any of these guys who have tow rigs, I don't know what a tow rig is. Uh, fabrication tools and just you know, either tools you have that you think have sped up the process of actually creating something, you know, from idea to on the Jeep. and uh social media is it is it good for for off-roading do we think it's a positive influence or is it a negative influence on on how people uh, do stuff i guess fair enough fair enough uh if we're gonna go with the tow rig stuff i guess i'll start that off i've had two of them um i would take an older 2500 over a newer 1500 any day just because when you go to load the vehicle up, I feel like you get better results from having an old, uh, from having more leaf springs, bigger truck in general, and all of that. Anyone else have any uh, input on? So that? would you say would you say like a decent bit older or like mid mid twentieth century or twenty twenty first century, whatever it is? Um, um, for example, like I would probably be cool with like a nineties Ford V ten or like a. 90s Chevy. Uh, I thought the Tritons were like the worst engine. I don't know any of the engines, like the five fours or the Tritons were like dog shit. They got a little bit of a bad rap, but I will say that some of the V10s have been fairly reliable. My uncle quit using diesels at his construction company, and he swapped over to using gas jobs, and he's got like two V10s left. Huh. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree with you on uh, like an older 2500 being better than most new 1500s. I do know that Ford's new F-150 does come out of the box with a uh, 13,000 pound towing capacity. And actually the Tundras, the Tundras, I think are about 14,000. I, wow. it's kind of, it's cool to see that all these newer trucks um, have this capability, but I don't know. I, I I still I'm kind of agreeing with Luke. I'd rather an older 2500 personally, just to they just a little bit more rigid. Even though you could get a better ride out of like a 3500 Denali from like 2016, and then still tow great, but you're looking at sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm mm. saying on a budget. You know, obviously, if we ha all had a ton of money, we wouldn't be wheeling Cherokees, and we'd have Cummins, Power Stroke, or Duramax tow rigs of your choice, but that's not the case <laughs> yeah so so my, my my whole viewpoint is i want to have a higher tow rating than what i'm actually going to be towing at fair you enough know, a lot of people a lot of people go oh well my suv is rated to tow 7500 pounds well yeah but it's gonna suck if you tow 7500 pounds all the time with it Mm -hmm. that was my get, experience get with that the, has more that was my experience with the 1500 and i had a 2009 chevy 1500 5.3 6 liter or not 6 liter i'm sorry 6 speed um and the thing to it had the power to get everything moving but it just felt like there wasn't enough truck to handle you know coming down out on the big hills in Pennsylvania or like going up to uh, Brookridge or Badlands, there's a couple of sections of highway that aren't fun with it that with the newer truck, I don't care about. Um, exactly. What was, what was the tow capacity on that thing? Uh, on that truck, it was 95. Uh, what? The, okay. The new truck is 13.5. Mm. I mean, you also have a, almost a whole displaced, like one full liter bigger. I have one. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that one's an early motor, so it's got the higher horsepower output with the lower torque output. So I went up almost 100 horsepower, too. But yeah. I'm just talking about strictly off of how the trailer felt towing. This truck's far better, not counting the extra power. But so what made you make the first switch when, uh, like, what made you decide to get the Chevy? Because you had a, um, you had a at that time, correct? I had a JK at that point in time. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, I got rid of that because I got concerned that my Overland build wasn't going to be the most street legal thing possible. 
and then proceeded to cut my overland build in half. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so Ducky's the reason why you got the Chevy. Yes. Yeah, Ducky was the reason why I bought the Chevy, because I thought I was going to be towing it around to go to far places when it was supposed to be an overlander, or not overlander, but like, go run black trails and mm -hmm. be comfortable to wheel all day. Um, after I cut it up, I definitely needed it. Yeah, that's kind of like, I was, I was at that point too. Not necessarily where like my, my wheeler was not going to be street legal, but I just knew that the Jeep that I had, I had a choice. I was putting like 300 bucks away each week and it was just going to the Jeep, going to the Jeep, going to the Jeep. And I got like 3,500 bucks saved up and I was like, all right, now I could put that towards the Jeep and that's a significant amount that I could do a decent bit to it. But I could also put that down on a truck and have a reliable daily. And then when I go wheeling, I can drive it. Like I can put it on the trailer and just bring it home just for that, like the peace of the, mind. Yes. The peace of mind yeah. is huge. Having the, uh, have the tow rig granted. It doesn't look as cool. Like I'm not big dick swinging. Like Graham is when he rolls up, rips a red and then walks away. He's like, all right guys, I'll see you back. I got to drive two hours. <laughs> I was going to say for two grand, you could do a lot to that Cherokee to give you a peace of mind. <laughs> but I mean, at the time, I was also inexperienced. I that was like early. I think it was early 2018 when I bought that truck, or late 2018. So at the time, I'm thinking 3,500 bucks. I was about to buy a four and a half inch uh, long arm kit from Clayton. I and that really it would have helped my drivability, but it wouldn't have helped to keep it really reliable in the sense enough that I would feel that's worth more than the truck. Um, but. The tr it's hard to complain. I mean, that truck, the only thing that sucks about it is getting eight miles to the gallon. Like, that's the worst part. I could drive the Jeep around up to a trail and back and only spend $25 in gas, where the truck, I'm spending 60 to get there, another 20 on the way back because I used most of a tank there. Um, and then I got to put another 20 in the Jeep. But not the end of the world. So that is one thing that I will bring up that you're absolutely right on, is going out to Roush. Going there, I got eight and a half. Coming home, I got somewhere in the realm of like 10 to 11, just due to the, I don't know why, but for some reason the trip home's far easier as far as fuel economy goes. My Jeep gets 12. So it would have been cheaper to have driven the Jeep there, but at the same time... How the hell do you get 12? I don't know. I get nine. Jesus. Nine. <laughs> well, you also have to take into consideration of O2 sensors. I don't know what the difference between, because yours is, what uh, electronics is yours out of, Luke? For like 97. Your What's yours out of, an 01 or 2000, Graham? Mine, 2000. So, I mean, that's a, that's a difference right there. If you put, like, if one of them is not reading the same as the other, it's a pretty big difference. I'm going to pose another I thought. always thought it ran lean. Clearly not. <laughs> I'm going to pose another thought. I've got 40s. He's got 37s. We have the same gear True. ratio. Yeah, I don't know. I'm screaming. Wouldn't that be more rotational mass, which would take more fuel? More rotational mass, but once you get it moving, the gear ratio for me is going to be higher than it would be for Graham because, say, for uh... example, if I'm cruising at 3,000 RPMs, Graham will be going slower for the same exact amount of RPMs. Huh. Anything over 85 is like a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. Anything over anything over like 75 and I'm like not today. Hey Richie, do we have that problem? Do we do we? Let me tell you, I do not have that problem. I ain't got that problem either. Little boy acts life. Oh, save it, you two. Except for the funniest, so when I, I like the most recent time that I ran it down the highway was to go down to Luke's shop, and I got there and I hopped on. I'm looking in the back. And I'm like, what is all this fluid? I thought it was just water, like a puddle. No, at some point, I guess I must have overfilled the diff, so it was just shooting diff fluid out of the breather tube as I was going down the highway. <laughs> it, went, it went all over the back. So at least now I know that it's like a consistent level. So yeah. that's kind of cool. I, I know for fact. You know, uh, checking it based off the GPS on my phone, that my Jeep 
can do 85, 95. It's just not fun to do it. That's terrifying. Yes. Yeah, keep I, me away from that. I please. don't do that. I don't I don't do that. It was um, it was like only a couple times just to see if I could. So now what made you make the change cuz I know you just got a new truck, Richie? Well, that it was uh it was a deal that fell into my lap kind of a deal. And I have a lot of stuff planned for my Jeep that it would just be easier to pull the Jeep off the road for a little while and do everything in more or less one shot versus having to break up one big project into a hundred little weekend long projects. So that way I can continue driving the Jeep every week. And so, you know, the star, it was the stars pretty much just aligned, right? And it's truck popped up. So I got the truck. Hmm. Now, are you going to be enough? Are you going to be pretty much driving that as a daily or are you going to like cop between the two? The truck will be the daily for uh, the winter months. Kind of just park the Jeep on the side of the house or whatever. You know, try to help save it from the road salt and shit. And then it'll be flip flopping between the two during the summer and the spring and the fall. Just whatever tickles my fancy that day. Hmm. So I'm guessing Graham has a similar idea to that pretty much because I know you just recently got a uh it's funny we we all have like GM products and now Luke's the only one that's got the ugly oval badge <laughs> <laughs> Them's is fighting words <laughs> what were you saying about me so I mean are you gonna like what's your kind of plan because I know like right now you both have like this uh this upper hand over a lot of other people in the club for the fact of like your maintenance, not necessarily maintenance, the uh, the driving capacity that you guys do on your Jeeps compared to everybody else, you guys get to fix those weird little things that happen well before you get on trail. So, like, mm-hmm. you guys, if you, are you going to continue, like, dailying the Jeep and just have the truck for towing? Or kind of what's – are you going to do the same thing as Richie? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I – the reason I'm not driving the Jeep right now is just because of the various issues it's got. It 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 needs a lot of work before I want to rely on it as a driver. I spent a ton of time making the truck a driver, so I'm gonna drive it for now. I don't I don't care about the road salt on that thing. It's already rotting, right? I'm already just patching it together as it is. It looks way better than it did, but I'm not gonna. If it rots out again, boohoo! I don't give a shit. Uh, that being said. I would not hesitate to drive the Jeep if it wasn't uh, in a position where I don't feel like it's going to survive if I continue to drive it without fixing the problems that it has, right? Hmm. Otherwise, I'd drive the Jeep hands down. It's way more fun to drive. I don't care about the gas mileage and any of the things I drive. So, Fair enough. I'm in a similar boat, though. Like My stuff just it became... It would not have been safe to have driven it after I think i sent you guys all the pictures of my link mounts or leaf mounts before they got cut out uh it's bad like bad bad mm-hmm. so yeah. would, you, would you consider that you care more for smiles per gallon rather than miles per gallon 100 percent. yes yep <laughs> I, I feel that i'd rather drive something cool than driving well I, it's hard to say that because you know my old work had a hybrid car it got 65 miles to the gallon that little thing was fun to drive so well, it's like, was it what, that fun what, though? It was pretty quick. It was pretty. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was pretty. It was pretty uh, agile. Like I was doing like 95 down Mass Pike, uh, 65. Um, sorry, down the Mass Pike, and uh, just weaving in between traffic. And it was it was pretty fun. <laughs> well, it's like my my whole thing is when I was texting Jeremy about the truck, he he was like trying to warn me that the truck got shit gas mileage. I'm like <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> What's it got for a motor in it? In what year is it? It's a okay. 98. Oh, so that was before they swapped over to the... Yeah, that's the last years of the 350. However, an LS does just kind of like... Bolt Yikes. in. Yeah. Yeah. So LSA. LSA swap is what you're saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Richie definitely needs an LSA. 
But I will say, in reference to Cody's uh, electric comment, mm-hmm. one of my old jobs, the company car was a Toyota Prius. Oh, and no. that thing was extremely quick for being what it was. See, it would, I'm telling it you. It would do triple digits, no problem, and get 30 Double miles digits, to the gallon. 65. So then yeah, I have to ask, 65. if it was so quick, why is it always that I'm looking over the hood at a Prius? Because it's well, usually prob- a silver probably, bag driving it. I, I was going to say, <laughs> probably because they didn't have some like shitty 16-year-old driving it just trying to get home See. from fucking Pennsylvania. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I don't think those things accelerate that well either. I think you can... They do. They do? They only yeah. have quick acceleration. They don't like once you like once it gets a peak torque. There's nothing else to it. It it just feels uh, like you're driving like a two liter Jetta. It's not. Well, I've the, never uh, driven one, so the the Prius kind of supplements some of its torque with the electric motor, but it gets driven by the the gas motor when you're mm-hmm. driving fast like that. So it's, I don't know it's, how any of that shit it's, works. It's weird, and I'm explaining it poorly. I know that. <laughs> I don't but expect you to explain it, how a Prius works, especially not on this sort of podcast. <laughs> I do but feel it, like that is uh, it, not our it norm. Was, it was entertaining to drive, especially the way I was driving it, watching all these people go, what in the fuck? So there was all these jokes in our group chat about, you know, Graham being the IT guy, so the Tesla pickup truck would be his choice now is that all jokes or would you even mildly consider that to be like a tow rig daily or uh, if, if i had the means <laughs> I, i'd get one in a heartbeat yeah sure they look <laughs> ugly as sin but if i can get that thing to autopilot with a trailer and the jeep on the back that'd be sick I, don't care what it looks like. I think that you're right about that but at the same time i've heard some horror stories about people driving cross country with one of those our not yeah. with a uh, cyber truck, I mean, but with the charging a thing sucks. Honestly, yeah. I think that's underplayed. I think everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you can charge it; it's totally fine." But I think that is you know, a point of issue, right? You you really have to do your research and figure yeah. out if it was going to work in the areas you were going to be going, right? And, then, and I know the- some of the spots we go aren't really Tesla friendly. And yeah, I'd say. rural Pennsylvania, you're gonna find a truck stop and they're guaranteed to have at least corn juice so you go you pay your 70 dollars and you're out of there in 10 minutes i don't know if you can do that with an electric so you can only so it's an hour for the tesla superchargers the rest i think it's like three and a half hours to get a full charge off of like a 220 and then it's like seven to eight hours off of a 110 so yeah you would eat a it would probably because i think it I know normal. Okay, like- so I put a I put a big old generator in the back of my electric truck and charge it. <laughs> I don't see a problem. I think that's perfect. I'm guessing there's probably some security thing that would stop you from doing that, but it's oh, badass. Wow. Hey, I just realized we totally forgot to ask what everyone's drinking tonight. I'm drinking water tonight. It's kind of weird. Wow. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm boring tonight. I uh I, I actually don't have any beverages. <gasps> uh oh. Wow, this podcast is way too sober for I, my likes tonight. I, I forgot to grab something to drink. <laughs> I I was busy getting that trailer. I got there. uh some of that back east brewing Winterfest and it's pretty Ooh. delicious. Ooh, that's a solid drink right there. I'm yep. drinking a passion I think you pronounce pronounce it weiss it's a sour ale hmm. passion fruit you know what i'm Freaking good i'm sad that have you ever had a jolly travelers winter lager no i've heard of it though you're not the first person to mention that my coworker brought that up like a week ago they discontinued it back in 2019 it was one of my all-time favorite drinks. Like it was so it's a little on the fruitier side, which I'm generally not that too keen on. Like I don't like a lining kugel or like a summer shandy from uh shit, I forgot the company. But um I'm not too, I'm not too keen on those, but this Jolly Travelers had a very nice like fruit taste to it. 
but it didn't overpower the beer. It was phenomenal, and I'm so sad that those went away. Oh, so good. So I was down at the shop, and I picked up some of those um, Jack and Honey lemonades, and I was burning together my four-length brackets. Um, I fucking love that welder, but I was drinking those while I was burning that together, and... Um, I suppose at this point we could segue into uh, tools that have improved <laughs> your fabrication times. Uh, and I, I don't know if I uh, elaborated on that enough. Just if you have tools that you're using now that are that have increased your ability to you know, get things done, that's great. If you have something that you think would really benefit you, that's something else I'm interested because that's sort of what I've been looking at past week or so now that i'm ramping up trying to look at the you know what i've got to do to the xj it's i need tools well and... since i'm a comic book villain i would love to have a bridge port and a south bend lathe just tucked in the corners of the shop because Hi. there's uh entertaining things that can be done with those in regards to making boring stuff easier custom brackets and adapters that you need no problem just make it so on a uh, a milder lookout because that's like I wouldn't if you had those in the shop I wouldn't even know what to fucking do with them I just press a button get my finger stuck and get ripped across the fucking place like well you see <laughs> that's why you have me <laughs> which would be that'd be sick too because then it'd be a perfect place to learn which would be awesome but honestly like the only thing that I could really see being like a super benefit because I'm I'm gonna use Luke's shop as a uh, a solid point because I don't have a shop of my own, so I don't really have that much accessibility to them. So like for Luke shop, I'd say like a plasma cutter, a plasma cutter would do that little extra that like a sawzall or a die grinder or cutoff wheel really can't get into. And then it would, it would also do it a lot quicker, a lot cleaner. You would, you don't have to like flap disc it for like a few seconds afterwards. And I mean, I feel like that'd probably be like the next step almost. Yeah, I agree with you, but as I've been looking at all these different things that I think would would help me get things done faster, I think the biggest thing, uh, even above a plasma cutter, because I'm I mean we've all got this is just assuming you have angle grinder, sawzall, welder, like Mm -hmm. the basic stuff, right? A sharpie, you you can cut things, you can glue it back together, and you know you know. You can sit there for three hours and, and cut what you want, and it will work. It just takes forever. I think if I had a table, an actual table to work on instead of sitting on the ground or working on a bench that's filled with shit, which yeah. is all I have right now between uh, Jacob's shop where I'm doing a lot of my work and you know my driveway, I think that would be the the number one thing on my list. Take the, the grounding clamp, throw it on the table, have it, you know, three-eighths of an inch thick and put your piece on there and just burn it in right that's i think a, that's a, a good metal top table is a major benefit in terms of your welding and fabrication process yeah i know fireball tools out and i believe it's oh geez i think it's wyoming they sell a uh a tabletop like a welder like a welding table that has holes in it and they sell the different clamps that you can get to make pieces like sit better and you can actually get like better grounds to it. I know it's expensive, but like, see, I don't even need that. Right. I, I take a, you know, a, a two by four, four by four, just slab and some legs and build one in, you know, a couple hours. And that would be a huge benefit. On that note, I'm going to interject with another tool that has radically changed my life, and that would be Cody got me, for helping him with his Jeep, a DeWalt uh, cutoff saw. That is amazing because for doing something like a welding table project, the only reason I don't have a welding table right now is because I'm lazy. If I wasn't lazy, I could just go down to Logan, pick up some, like, eighth-inch wall square tubing, a uh, piece of quarter inch thick for the uh, top plate, you know, four by six or whatever, and make one, and it would be an afternoon project. Uh, I've just been lazy. 
that that chop saw was it was funny because I got that without even telling Luke. It was just one of those things like I was watching him cut different pipe with like a sawzall or cutoff wheel, and I'm yep. like, dude, there has to be a better way than this. There is. Like, there's mm-hmm. multiple better ways. And I hit up my uh, I hit up my buddy's father who works for um, Black and Decker, who also works with Dewalt, works with Lennox and all of them. And I was like, hey man, like, can we like can we get this chop saw? And he was like, hell yeah! And I got it for half off what like normal cost would be. So. To that, get that, that chop saw was such a godsend, Cody. I know. I'm I'm so fucking happy we got that thing. So so a chop saw and a table and a welding table seem to be like the biggest thing that I mean it's pretty accessible too. It's not like and it doesn't even take that much skill, but it would help like anybody really. Yeah, yeah. it definitely helps space. That's the thing. Yeah. Is if you have a space for a big table that you can just put all your put all your shit on that that's huge i totally forgot about the chop saw when i was starting my cage i was like i need a chop saw so i definitely i went out and got one i think probably before i even started and you're right it just being able to hit the button cut it get it relatively straight and use it is key yeah you know what to to go to go with the uh the whole cage thing having a welder that is up to the job is a big one too right luke yeah i'm definitely i know i've hammered out the get yourself a good welder or get yourself at least a competent welder uh at a minimum like a hobart or a lincoln 140 but i have a hobart 190 and i legitimately stood there for about eight hours finish welding my roll cage um constantly like moving the roll cage around but I was welding for a solid, I think Richie and Cody were there, maybe eight and a half hours, nine hours without hitting yeah. the duty cycle. I, um, I think it was a little bit closer to eight hours just because, you know, the amount of time that it took to move the cage around and get yourself into the proper position and stuff. Because I mean, you were taking breaks, not the weld. Yeah. And I will say that does tie into last episode's remark about me just deciding that i'm doing something and doing it yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna finish weld my cage today eight hours <laughs> yeah. it's funny you mentioned the duty cycle thing see i've got the my welder is sitting at jacob's shop right now it's it's better than the welder he has in there i don't know how that thing passes as a snap-on welder the thing's a piece of garbage uh but my welder has been doing it's been on exhaust duty and occasional frame stiffener fix up duty right now it hasn't been doing too too much but you know it's occasionally we'll hit something that's three sixteenths quarter inch and um i've noticed that it doesn't say it hits the duty cycle but you will notice that it's not penetrating as much as it yeah usually does once you start using yeah. it so which is I had a Lincoln 140 before I got the Hobart 190. The Hobart 190 is a 220 welder, so that is the distinction, one of the major distinctions between the two. But with the Lincoln, it had a really, really sensitive duty cycle. So you'd hit the duty cycle and then it would pop like it had a circuit breaker with a button that was just on the back of the case. You push the button, go back to it. Uh, That thing would pop after 15 minutes of doing control arms. Like, when I did Ducky, it took me far longer to build the suspension. I did Cody's suspension and my suspensions for welding the control arms probably three hours between getting the tube as tube stock to, like, ready to install control arms with both of those. With the other one, it was probably a solid six and a half hour job. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I wish this welder would do that because... There have been times where it's just started acting strangely. And then Jacob said, you know, hey, this thing may be hitting the duty cycle, but it has a little light on it. It's supposed to light up when it's hitting the duty cycle. I've never seen it light up. So I'm not sure if it's... Is the light out? Yeah, it might be. I don't know. I have to think for uh, you might have just been taking it for so long that it yeah. decided it stopped and left the building. 
thing needs a bell for him. He burns the light out. <laughs> yeah, it needs something. I don't know. It's something I may have to look into, but I'm not super concerned because I'm pushing that welder to its limits anyways. You know and... what you should do? You should rewire the light to a car horn. So that way, you know. Just beeps. Yeah. yeah, dude. So just fucking <laughs> loud beeps at you. So you're like, okay, time to turn it off. <laughs> hey, um, I've got a question for you guys. I know we weren't talking about this at the beginning of the show, but I figure that if I've got your collective brain power, I should throw it out there. Um, no. Well, we're all like two halves of a whole idiot, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> at, at least there's two idiots here with four dudes. <laughs> I mean, you figure that we might get something. Um, so I don't know if I talked about the design of my rear control arms, but I'm at the point where I'm burning them in and I'm going to be building some supports for them. I'm trying to decide whether it would be a better idea to have a bar that runs across the lower section of my halo intersecting where the lower triangle is running straight down to the cross members because there's too many cross members in there or if it would make more sense to bend a bar because i need 14 inches of separation so two 90 degree bends to the cross members and then come up with that into the body and tie that into the main hoop um and then i'm thinking i'm probably going to do two stubby legs that are going to be about three and a half inches long to tie the upper control arm mounts into the support bars for the mini cross members and hopefully tie them fully into the unibody cage. So yes, but the only thing is, is are you doing anything on a, because a lot of that sounded a horizontal, you're going interior to tie in. Are you doing anything in like the vertical, like, like a North to South to keep it from flexing in that way? Well, it's going to have a very short vertical link to the roll cage, so I figured that that was going to be a tie-in, and then I was going to run tubes off of my shock hoops down to them to help square or to help form a larger triangle compared to the two support bars I have going down to my shock hoops now, um, and right. tie that whole area in better. I mean, I don't see I, anything wrong with it, other than that's a lot of weight for. For what you're doing, it's a lot. Like it's it's excessive to a certain degree because it's anything excessive on the parts that take a lot of brunt force is not a bad thing. But you could also like combat that by just doing it not differently, but like how do I explain it? Pretty Here's much. Here's what like I would do. God, uh, yeah. Sorry. Good. No, you're good. I would go do a bar across, connect the two pieces you have. I know it's two separate. Yeah, cross members, like you said, connect them somehow to each other directly. Yeah, so I'm thinking the two or the hoop. Right now, I'm thinking the hoop between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Tie that into the roll cage. Tie that into the B pillar, something like that, right? Yeah, tie that fully into the B pillar. I'm gonna definitely add those chunky little legs at the top of my link mounts, so that way the link mounts can't like try and fold in on themselves. Um, but I'd do that. I'd go forward to the front cross member just yep. to give it some bracing that way. And I mean, if you have the space, if you have tube or metal that's strong and close by, push it, put a tube going the other way as well. And then I don't, I don't know where else it could go other than down, which I don't have anything that I could tie the rear section into. Plus, I've got the control arms in there, and exhaust has to somehow manage. Exactly, the that's that's why I'm saying. As long as you have it on those other two planes, though, I I don't. Yeah, see you well, an issue. Can can you go from the top of your mini cross members to the shock hoops? So my issue with doing that is I don't see I feel like that's too long of a piece of unsupported tube. Yeah, that's that's almost excessive. If you just tie it into everything close to it, you know, in at least two places, then I and connect them both so they kind of stay aligned to each other. Now, the other thing that I was thinking is I'm redoing that um the support to my like you just had mentioned from the mini cross member to the front cross member. Um, I've got some quarter inch wall, one and three quarter 
material that I'm going to use to do that, do you think that I should put a brace at the... Actually, no, I guess I couldn't really do a brace. Never mind. Um, I'm trying to describe, like, connecting the upper link mount into that and then tying that also into my cage because I would like to tie that into the interior section of the cage. On the front link? Yeah, on the front link, but I also would like to try and tie that into the support bar that's going to run back. I just mm -hmm. put in a piece of box tube on the side of it that's uh, one and three quarters, so it perfectly fills the gap between my upper link mount and the unibody rail, and it's just burned in to the unibody rail because it's eighth inch material, and then burned in on the sides of the upper control arm mount to help give it a little bit more rigidity. Gotcha. So I'm thinking like maybe a triangular piece of that quarter wall um, coming down from the top and then yeah. tie that into my seat mount, run, cut my seat mount as it sits, put a piece of tube through there and tie that directly into the rear upper link mounts. But I feel like I'm getting a little autistic at that point. Eh, yeah, that might be a little excessive. As long as you have something bracing the back of that, if it's going to the seat mount and the seat mount's tied into the cage, perfect. If it it just has a triangular bar that goes down. That'll well, probably work too. The the seat mounts are tied into the rocker, and they're tied into the uh, trans tunnel. So I feel like I should add some support to them, and I figure if I'm doing the tube work already, I might as well do all of that. And while I'm doing all yep. of that, I might as... But we just end up in a situation where it's getting extreme. Mm-hmm. Just make your Cherokee a ball out of two. Okay. Thank you for the expert <laughs> advice. Dully noted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I would I would give it some extra bracing on the back. That's something I'm curious when I cut my floors up and take a look at my upper mount, which I can't access um, unless I cut the thing up because of just the placement of it. I welded it with... Uh, I don't want to say scrap material, but basically scrap 316ths I had floating around into uh, my frame area or unibody frame area and to the upper mount because it's the Clayton cross member, but it's a relocated mount that I got off of, I don't even know where, probably Barnes. And I just slapped it up there and just braced it in as many places as I could, connecting to the frame and the stiffener and the top. And I, I don't know how well it, it it's held up. I seems like it's been fine, but I'm curious after seeing yours crack like that, what mine, what shape mine's in. I bet you yours is probably going to be okay if you tied it into the side. Mine was just a single piece of quarter inch supporting the front and rear, or the um, upper and lower, not front and rear, but the upper and the lower links together with a rotational force on that just one side. Mm -hmm. If you had something mounted higher on the vertical plane to help combat the front to rear movement i feel like it would take less to combat it because you're gonna have less of a lever effect on it mm -hmm. yeah and my tower wasn't as tall as yours anyways it's smaller i don't think it's not it doesn't even have adjustment it's just a single lower post that i tied in i think the back is tied in with like a diagonal bracket that was all I could get to fit. I was like, I didn't have the floor cut open, so I was doing it from the bottom, like yeah. basically blind. There wasn't a lot of room to. No, there isn't anything, a lot of so. room at all. I will agree with you there. Um, that's why I'm cutting my whole floor out. Yep. And yeah, probably yeah. I'm not gonna talk about. I don't even want to think about that yet. I'll so I moved my steering wheel, and I got a loud pop today. And I know that my steering box is coming off, and I just don't want to think about what that pop was because there's a potential was it it's unibody. Steering, was it I don't know. It was like metal pop? on metal popping, like the sound that you get when you hit a beer can and it's still got beer in it, but you get a little bit of crush out of the can. That. Mm. <laughs> yeah, pulling your front end, end is going to be fun. Yeah, it's another little shop of horrors. Cody, put a brace on your fucking track bar and your steering box while you're still on this stage. Kish, do the same thing. Don't be like me. No. 
No, let me take <laughs> my that, own choices. <laughs> that is the fucking game plan. Yeah, honestly, saying what's nope. up, Cody? Go. Oh, uh, I mean that's the plan. I mean, my biggest thing. I don't want to spend the like three hundred dollars though on a fucking like Boost Works brace though. Like, it's just it's hard. Like, there's so many other things on my Jeep right now that could take three hundred dollars. So to put that kind of money into the steering box brace when I'm still on a little baby. Yeah, but axle, it doesn't get better. Here's the thing. I know. You can buy all those supporting mods now, or you can buy them later when you don't Bye. want to because your Jeep's already cool, like Luke. But uh, it's not cool, and I want to spend make the money Cody. when it's little Cody. to make it bomb, and then you can worry about the stupid shit later. Meh. I bought $195 worth of cool parts this week. Guess how much money I've dropped on the not cool shit in the past three to four weeks. $5. No, closer to 700 because I've got to do the Boostworks brace. Uh, my motor mounts with the brackets were 400 So just those two. Up. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Like, But, like, I don't know. My he had a cheap had... Cherokee build, but he skimped on the supporting modifications that you need to make us a, a one-ton Cherokee build that you're going to drive and wheel actually last. So if you're going to do that and go that route, you need to do the supporting mods at any, at some point, so might as well do it while I think while a cage and seats and harnesses is a little bit more important than a steering mm. box brace. I'm not going to disagree your steering with box you there. Off. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't matter. At least if I have my steering box rips off and I can roll down and not like die from rolling over, then we're good. Like what I, I'm just saying, like not gonna right, die from right now, over. no, but like either regardless, right now my Jeep is at that point. I've said this a million times over. It's like I'm beating a dead horse. It's at that point where I could go seven million different routes, put money into seven million different things. But I, but if I do in that, every single one of those cases, you're gonna want a steering box brace. You're gonna want motor mounts. All right, so, <laughs> I, so I have a steering box brace. But it's not one of the crazy ones. For the time being, I will put that on for you, Graham. I will put go. it. So I have my granted my my bumper is a full size bumper, so it comes down and goes to all eight different bolts or whatever. So that's a brace in that matter. I'll put the little one in for the time being, just to keep it from doing anything too crazy. And, and the do... big brace for behind the steering box is not much. I got mine for I think it was uh, thirty five from Ars Fab. And it spans all the steering box uh, bolts, plus it adds one. Wait, are you saying for, like, in between the box and the inside of the unibody? Yes. So not one of the spacers you're talking about? Like, one of the, like, the, the metal yeah, braces? Yeah, talking like... about a spacer. I've got a metal spacer, but the metal spacer has a much larger footprint on it, so it goes from in front of the steering box to behind the steering box with an extra bolt. Oh, I have one of those. I have. Okay. I got one of those when I did my Durango box. When I had the death wobbles, I did a whole kind right. of front end, and that's what I got the brace. And I got like it's a little. I mean, it's only three bolts. It's nothing crazy, but it is a plate, and it has a little bit of a spacer on top of it to All space right. out the. Uh, so yeah, but um, any of the people that are running the Saginaw steering box, I'm looking at you. You probably have an aluminum cast spacer because I've seen it on Fords and I've seen it on Jeeps. Go pick yourself up a solid metal, like they sell them pretty cheap. It's a plate that just goes in place and helps to either sleeve the frame or sleeve the unibody. Hmm. Best 30 bucks who, you're going to spend. Who are you looking at, Luke? Anybody that's listening. Anybody that would be listening, yes. Oh. Yeah, he's looking at them. Mine wasn't broken when I pulled it out. That is a rarity. I had yep. a horrible time with mine. Yeah, mine was still in... Fully intact. I was impressed. On mine, two of the bolts rotted into the uh, aluminum. So the steering box came off, which was cool, except the tabs broke. And it was like having to cut the bolts on the inside of the frame rail because, yeah, I don't know why it ended up being that. I think there was something dumb like a fender or something in there, and I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing, but I wasted three hours on that project. Mm. Sounds like fun. It was good fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got two of my bolts out when I first took the box off, and then the third bolt snapped, and I had to sit there you know, with 
with minimal knowledge about cars and cry as I pulled it out with some vice grips. <laughs> Just cranking it. It was it was not fun. <laughs> uh, the things that you learn mm. in the school so, of rust. So now we got a got a little bit of a polarizing next idea. Well, it can be polarizing depending on which direction we go along with it. <laughs> now, social media with wheeling. Do you guys really think it's helped it at all, or do you think it's made it worse? I think it is one of the biggest blessings, but one of the biggest curses at the same time. I feel that because, like, in the early days of the internet on Pirate or Naxja... Well, that's that not was, social media. I wouldn't consider that's, I guess that's it. Is, social but media. In the early like, days of social media, that was where you would get your Luke shit posters, but then you'd also get your Colin <laughs> helpers. Where now, you get into, like, Club XJ or... I mean, well, I would... Club XJ is gone. Rest in peace. R.I.P. It's XJ Nation now. Oh, is that where it is? See, yep. I mean, I feel like I kind of fall in this weird in between where sometimes, like, I'm helpful, but then there's like this other day, my buddy posted a picture. Some guy was like, "Oh, I need to see some XJs on 33s and a four-inch lift." My buddy posted his Jeep, and some kid commented, "It was like, oh, what's the offset on those wheels?" And I put positive 45. Let me tell you, those wheels are definitely not positive 45. The kid was like, okay, awesome, thanks. And I'm like, oh, that poor kid's going to get his shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so then there's other times that I actually help people. So I feel like it can always go both ways. Um, I am a um, – you get what you give person. So, like, if I see a tech question where the guy's like – Hey man, I'm trying to figure out what I can do to fit this 14 inch coilover. I've got this, that, the other thing. I just don't want to deal with this because why? Okay, here's what I think about it. Here you go. Uh, if you post my Jeep overheat, I'm going to tell you to, you know, stick your dick in the radiator cap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my, my whole Ooh. thing is, like, it's really... glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> or that'd be the exhaust. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Richie. You're killing me over here, man. <laughs> Sorry, Richie. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it was time. <laughs> so, so my whole thing is it's really helped out in terms of it, it's gotten the outreach out there. You know, it's helped connect a lot of people with the proper means to go off-roading legally with clubs and everything but at the same time you have all the dickwads that are still in high school you or called? the 30 year olds that should still be in high school that are all like oh let's go hang out at this illegal spot and just rip everything the fuck up like it's it's a give and take you have some people that respect the sport and they they help make it better by using social media platforms as that platform to do so. But it also hurts it at the same time because places get blown up and a lot of people go where they shouldn't be going. And I, I kind of feel like um, sometimes with social media, it also gives the younger audience this uh, this sense of like they try to strive for something that's completely inaccessible. Like I will you- say that that was what inspired the beginning of my stupidity with like back in the early days, I used to post some really dumb stuff because I had a really big idea after seeing a bunch of really big builds and I had no clue how to execute it. Yeah, and but that can also kind of that can tie into good things where it can make people strive for greatness. But yeah, it, it can also tie into the fact of like you get your thirteen-year-olds who are shit posting, having no idea, but they see what is the best, of the best. And they the can only go thing on. I'm gonna have to critique you on is I think it would be sixteen-year-olds in this case, you know, driver's license yeah. and all that. But see, it's even worse when they're not driving. When they're riding around, <laughs> yeah. when they're riding around in their dad's rig or in their dad's shop, and they don't know, but still, it it can sometimes taint people's ideas where they think that they need to go to the craziest amount to get something that you could do with like a six thousand dollar Cherokee. You don't. 
Like, yeah, one of the things that like for me really helped with building the current Jeep was I would see someone do an idea on this Jeep and I'm like, oh, that's not a bad budget solution. Let me steal that. Um, okay, he did this that way. I don't like it, but I feel like I could do it like this and whatnot. And that did help to like expand the horizons. But one thing I think that we kind of missed is trail behavior thanks to doing it for the gram. It can lead to some of the most entertaining moments, but it can also lead to some of the most annoying sitting there with your thumb up your ass, foot starting to tangle from holding the clutch pedal that fucking long, waiting for the someone to get just up the obstacle. Just pop it out of gear at that point. What's wrong with you? I mean, that <laughs> I think so like, he was making a point. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect example of that is the girl that was all over uh, Harris Mountain's page where she was driving around in her fucking Prius. Like, yeah. she literally only did it for the fucking Facebook fame. I mean, hey, I don't know her. She may have done it because she wanted to have fun. That's fine. But, like, I don't think they understand the absolute, like, terror that that could cause if in like a hybrid vehicles like if a like if one of the coolant lines cracks for the motor you can literally make all of the coolant full of electricity and if you were to hit a puddle you could fucking kill everybody in that area like uh i mean that sounds a little extreme is that, that like is a little that issue with priuses um what? like electrocuting puddles and killing people no like that just doesn't a, seem legitimate so no like that's a like it's a common thing um i know that uh what's his name if you Shoot. crack the cell on the battery i do know that they do weird things that are not pleasant yeah um <laughs> i don't know anything about like to what extent that is and i'm not gonna go there but like even on a smaller scale you know we were kind of in the past episodes making fun of the JKs at Roush, but we show up to go and hit an obstacle and there's 15 rigs in front of us and there's five people on their phones recording someone that's like dry humping the obstacle, not trying yeah. to get into the obstacle. But at the same time, it's kind of funny because you go, you show up and you do hood rat shit and they get it all on video. True. Yeah, It's a blessing and a curse. I, there's so many cool ideas that I get from Instagram and Facebook and just seeing people's builds and, you know, looking at their pictures closer and trying to like see how they did stuff. That's always sort of been, you know, what I take away from it. I've, I've never been a huge uh, adder to all the conversations. Occasionally I'll chime in here and there, but I'm, I'm not one to really, go into detail on stuff i've done and i know most of the people who are actually into it are uh, similar correct Ouch. me if i'm wrong but I, I mean it just doesn't I, I like to i like to think of myself as a popcorn eater in the conversation yeah same i just post whore everything i do we're also yes, playing, yes you do we're playing devil's avocados here because the only reason we have this platform to speak on is because of social media yep so like we may be shitting on it, but it also does bring a lot of good things. It allows us to sit here and have more conversations about Jeeps and just another excuse, pretty much. And it also allows other people to listen and hear some bullshit and then also some good Jeep knowledge. So, Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't think I can say anything really bad about any of the Facebook groups or, you know, any of the Instagram pages that just post all the drama that goes on. I think it's, oh, it's expanding people's knowledge on the sport. Maybe not in the best possible way, but. So what about Rock Cox? Or what? uh, what's his name? What? His name on Beat That Baby is like Rock Cock or something like that. The guy that tries to say that you can run a four link with uh, normal steering. Oh, Slayer. A rock cock slayer. Slayer. Sorry, I don't follow it that much. Okay, my bad. Jesus. So you're Um, saying he does good things? (laughs) No, I mean (laughs) that's a tough one because yeah, that one right there. It's you're always going to have idiots being idiots, and I guess 
my biggest problem with it ends up being the people on the trail that are just there to take pictures and won't do anything unless cameras are rolling. But I do agree with you, there is an issue with idiots like that, but idiots have to have the right to be idiots. Mm. Fair. That's fair. You have to give someone the ability to... I don't I mean, know. That, like, anybody I who's stupid enough to buy a, a kit that has yeah. front link arms that sit behind the gas tank or some stupid shit, I mean, that's an exaggeration. That's you. But when your link arm is that's... like eight feet long, at least in New England, that doesn't fly. You will have no. bananas very quickly. And you're... I'm tacoing my 33-inch long control arms. I know. But Same. monkey, monkey and bananas. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I might have monkey brain to drive with, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm still bending fucking three-thick arms because I drive like gorilla. You know, active stretch. It, it, after a little while, when they start to bend, you have a little less stretch. It's fine. It's totally fine. Oh, speaking of control <laughs> arms, though, you know what's fucking funny? My What's front that? lowers are 33 and a half inches. My rears are like 33 and three quarters. My front upper link is 38 inches or 39 inches. And my rear uppers are like 37. So they're almost fucking hmm. identical. I can't I run I with one. Was 36. I thought yours was huh? 36 and mine was 39 or something like that. I remember we had that. No, comment. mine's longer. Yours one, Yours is shorter. We didn't end up having to extend it as far up into the body. Ah, that's what it was. That's yep. what it was. Mine like cool. sit. It's that funny is as fun. shit. So are you I gonna can... do a belly plate to make it all look uniform now? I'm thinking about it, but I know that the season's coming, so it's gonna get thrown the fuck back together soon because I'm a retard like that. Fair. That's fair enough. <laughs> you know, fix all the major things and then maybe throw some sheet metal in the rear to help cover those poor floors that are about to get mutilated. Oh, we are most definitely putting sheet metal back there, good sir. <laughs> Just do a firewall and pretend like it's not, it doesn't exist. Uh, Cody, <laughs> it's gotten bad. There are it, it doesn't exist. That's Perfect. the problem. So you just put a barrier between you and the holes, and you're good. Just put like a, like a, a shower curtain. So <laughs> right now, there is still floor structure in one spot, or in the spots leading back to the rear axle. But there are two lines that are now drawn where the control arms are going to go, and I am going to lose a pie wedge out of the back of my frame that's probably 28 inches wide by, like, 6 inches at the base in a triangular shape. It's going to be bad. Oh, boy. Not to mention the wheel bolts do actually have to be cut I didn't finish cutting them out all the way. I'm torn between... I'm at the point now where I'm almost tempted to lay the tube against the body as... Not as it sits, but cut it up a little bit higher and lay it in there almost against the body and sit it on top Mm -hmm. of the slider versus the wide body. But I kind of feel like wide body is going to be retard. Don't do wide body. That's full retard. Yes. But why not? I'll get in close. Nobody cares about your tire poke. The cops do. They don't have tape measures. They can't prove yes, it. Yes, they do. No, they don't. My buddy. So my buddy, when he had his uh, his silver TJ, which actually was like looked like Caitlyn's, and then it became like his yeah. own when he did his. So they're gonna take out their tape measure to he, justify he, how much uh, he literally taking away from you. He literally pulled out a tape measure and measured how far out his tires were sticking and gave him like a $500 ticket because he was, um, he just started adding everything up and it was, I will say not to go into a previous bad experience, but the town that I work in, ah, fuck it. I'm going there. Uh, the town that I work in, the cops there are dicks and i got hit with a hundred dollars an inch past the furthest extension of the body line with my old cherokee uh so i had to pay three hundred dollars per tire per corner was on the ticket um i got hit with being sent back to inspection because he didn't like my front bumper being sat against the grill and my back bumper was tied into the like even with the back hatch he said those didn't count as bumpers, and yeah, that was bad. It got impounded. This is why you gotta live in the uh, 
you know, in the city because they don't know how to handle that shit. I walked away with like a $1,700 ticket and having said only yes, sir. No, sir. Here's my registration, sir. Uh, and getting told to step out of the vehicle at three in the morning. Were you drunk? Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's just when you fucking finished it. I finished it. I was driving home from the shop and I got pulled over at three in the morning for a turn signal bowl blowing. Dude, he was just pulling you over to see how far out that poke was. You know, he just, he just mm. wanted to make sure. He's like, he needed to measure your poke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to three say, though. Three inches of poke? I knew it. <laughs> whoa whoa it was a cold cold day i can't say nothing <laughs> oh you need to board a few times to get the right measurement yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh shit ah fuck but i do well, know that if you do mud flaps at least off of like a hitch receiver that will save you a good bit i know that the main portion of that ticket is like uh no rear tire cover it's not necessarily uh like above tire cover it's mostly behind yeah so. but mud flaps look fucking gay yeah okay but i'd rather chip the prius's windshield behind me i'll pay for their <laughs> windshield it's free in massachusetts you just get a new one big whoop <laughs> this is like the first time Graham's just like he going full bore. You don't even care. <laughs> nah, Graham is on that I freedom game shit. You, you uh, you just you, you lose that care after a while. Yeah, it takes a few years. <laughs> My thing with doing the wide body was I wanted it to be different, but at this point in time, I'm running out of time to be different. And mm. hit this season. I'd rather just hit the season and you have can always everything tied in. And change it later. But Luke, Not... we did also make the uh, the tubing to do the wide body already. We did make the tubing to do the wide body already, but I can slide it in a little bit more and change the angle on that one back tube, so it'll be sitting at more of a straight angle versus mm. being direct or like at that downward angle it was. True. And just cut it and move it on top of the rocker and just chop more of the body off. This year, I'm, I'm okay. still a fan of the wide body. So this year, can we hit new trails? For the past like two years, we keep hitting the same places like multiple times a year. Can we go somewhere new? I need something. Where do you want to go? I want. Well, I definitely want to do Rocky Mountain. That's um, a far drive for you, but that's I'm fine. down. Let's do it. We'll do like a camping weekend. Oh, uh, it's going to have to be that? more than a camping week weekend there, Bucko. I'm going to need a travel day in there. Well, that's fine. I mean, oh, you little for. travel day, you'll be fine. Oh no, <laughs> on Friday night. We also forget Graham drives two and a half just to get to Richie's house. So, like, <laughs> for us to go the extra two and a half in one day is not the end of the world. Where is it? It's in Maine. Oh, okay, Way up there. It's like oh, seven oh, hours from that, us. That's, that's the guy that waved at me. At fucking, uh, uh, that, you said that was Jericho. Jericho's not where I, we're talking about. I don't think it was Jericho. Yeah, you said you were over by Jericho. No, maybe it was. I don't Regardless, know. Regardless, can we hit a Field and Forest Day? I want to hit a uh, Rocky Mountain Day. I want to try the stupid 508, even though everybody says So, it says the thing not. with Field and Forest is... Field and Forest, I believe, is invite-based. So... <laughs> Yeah. Also, we'd have to talk with Rob and get Rob involved in it, probably. Or something. Well, I think you can book it. Uh, well, can we can we? probably just have, we can have Sean. I'm sure it's, a, it's an NEA club or an NEA property, right? It's yeah. an NEA property, but I only see a few specific clubs going up there, so I'm not sure how it works. Well, it's because I... their, their requirements are pretty strict, and the trails yeah. are pretty extreme, so it's not exactly a place that I, everybody I, I think that's to go. because that's just who uses it the most. Also, I have to ask the question of who could actually go there in our I club? I can now. I, I can now, too. I know Colin I can. cannot. I mean, all I need is a winch, right? Yeah. You just need a 35s. No, what is it actually? So you uh, need... To get on the greens is 35s, front and rear toe points, fully tied in, and um, lockers front and rear plus winch, if I remember right. So, I mean, that's a, yeah, I guess there would really only be like four or five of us going because 
But I mean, that's again. I mean, how often do we see more than that on a trail, anyways? Yeah, so, I just don't know how it works part. with the campground. It's, it's tough. It, it shouldn't be tough requirements, but it is tough requirements uh, for a lot of people. And I don't think I was even eligible up until very recently to even consider going there. Yeah, I wasn't eligible until I put the winch on. Yep. My so winch other, doesn't work half the time, so. Other than that, there's going. also, uh, Jess has a private trail in uh, Rhode Island. I know that, I don't know what it really entails, but I know that there is the trails there. I'll uh, go ahead it. I don't care. I drive, I drive up to go and see, um, oh, what the fuck is it? That trail up by you, Graham, uh, the one, Brookridge. Brookridge mm-hmm. for me is a two and a half hour haul. If it's less than two and a half hours, that's like a day trip without any problems. Not I'd to love, sound like a bitch, but I'd love to hit Old Florida Road. I'd love to hit the summit. I'd love to go to Summit uh, is currently closed. Old Florida Road is definitely a possibility. Um then there's also I know wait fuck, where's the other one? I know that there's um Shit, I'm completely blanking on what it is. Carnage? Because but... I'd like to go and hit Carnage. With a name like Carnage, I'm hoping that the trails yeah. there are entertaining. Oh, but then you also have friends in, uh, what is it, CT, some, no, no, EcoJocks? Is it not EcoJocks? No, not EcoJocks. Uh, well, you have friends in other clubs in Connecticut that have, yeah, like... Yeah, Crazy Eights. Uh, we could probably set something up with Eastern to go there, or we could hit that property, the other property in Harwinton, if we set something up with Eastern. I'd love um, to do something like that. I just, I'm, I'm not getting tired, but it's just like, I don't know, something new would be kind of fun in between the ones that we've already done a million times. Something, something new would be interesting for sure. I will say we do need yeah. to get more tires on Kish's property. Not even that it's a new property, but because there are so many obstacles there that are like rock faces that are under light dirt cover that, you know, could be a green trail that will very quickly become a blue trail that will become a black trail within, you know, probably by the end of next season if we keep having buggies go through What them. the fuck are you smoking, Luke? We cut a green trail and it turns into a fucking black by the end of the same day. <laughs> You're not wrong on some of them. Well, there's one. There's one that's still a blue. Yeah. Yeah. One. One. The loop. No, we've got the loop and then we've got the loop that goes out to the back over by the cliff faces that is like yeah. maybe a green, but, maybe a blue. But every the all of our loops though. The reason why they're staying greens is because they were originally the logging roads. Uh, all of all of the down. green trails were originally logged. <laughs> well, I guess then our jeeps aren't really gonna fuck them up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I know that you have like you can definitely extend your reaches out, Luke, and just get like we keep it close, to, like our close knit groups, or if we invite a few people. And just keep that as like a constant thing throughout the year would be definitely fun for sure. Yeah, I will definitely talk with Kevin. Um, I haven't really talked to him that much recently. I need to go and hit him up soon because I got to see where we're at with the tube order. I want to order some more tube because I'm being an idiot as we had already discussed. And, you know, it never hurts to have an extra 10 sticks of Dom laying around. Let me know. I may hop in on that. Oh, no, never mind. I'm getting the kit. Never mind. I've already decided. I'm an idiot. I don't know. You should <laughs> uh, consider your options there. We'll That's see. We'll, we'll we'll chat about it. We'll we'll discuss a little further. All right. I think we covered a decent amount today. Final thoughts before we cut it? No, I think we're good. All right. Sounds yeah. good. Take it easy, guys. You know, rubber side down, dent side up. <laughs>